Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Okay, so I hope everyone knows that God tests his children. No, I mean, he really tests his children. Okay, I hope you know that. If he tested Abraham, okay, the father of faith, with his Isaac, he will test us. Okay, he will test us, and he is testing us. Okay, um, there's a lot of blessing in that. There's some, there's some reverence to it. Okay, and I know wrapped up in the midst of this is the fear of the Lord. Okay, but God is good. There's no way he's anything but good. Okay, um, and I want to say that. So I was a bit naughty, to be honest, with the Lord. I was naughty because I thought, you know what? If you're going to ask me to speak on that, then I'm going to ask you, why are you testing us? That was a mistake. Because he responded, okay? And what he said was this. Is it right that the tool should ask the craftsman, why are you being tested? Is it right? then why are you asking? So I I paused. And he went on. He said, For are my ways not higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts? Only know, son, that I want you to be prepared to be tested. So the Lord wants us to be prepared to be tested. So he's going to test us but the reason why he's saying what he's saying is you need to be prepared. And I'll get into that a little bit more. This is actually a short message, I think. Unless the Holy Spirit goes whatever, then we'll see. All right. So me being bold, I said, okay, Lord, I hear you. Let me change that. Why do you want us to understand about testing? Okay, and he responded. And he said this, for I want my children to see their failures differently and more constructively. So the first thing you notice about that is that he talks about failure, okay? Which means, to me, he's expecting us to fail some of these tests, right? He's expecting some level of failure here. Okay, now this is the house of the Lord, and we're in the Lord's hands, and there are no great or better hands to be in. But there's going to be failure with respect to some of this testing. Okay. So I want to encourage you. Don't be scared. James 1, 2-4, in the New King James, says this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Various. There's a whole spectrum of opportunity for God to put us to the test. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So there is an objective to being tested, okay? And this is really important. God doesn't do anything random, 
Okay? It's all pre-planned. All right. So why does God test us? Now, I'm not asking the Lord. I'm kind of discussing it with you folk. Why does he test us? Now, I believe God tests us because he wants us to see, he wants to see us reach our fullest potential in him. Okay? Our fullest potential. He wants us to grow and mature in the things of God, which is faith, Christ-likeness, and patience. There's more, but those, those are the things that I immediately come to my spirit when in the vicinity of testing. But there's many different ways that you can test. And I'm just going to list some things here, okay, just to focus your mind. So God allows us to experience circumstances that will challenge us and test us, okay? Now, I've labeled these fiery trials because I believe that's exactly what they can be. Okay. He also asks us to do things just so he can test us. It may be the most irrelevant in your eyes thing, not connected with anything, but he's asking to test you. Okay. He puts options in front of us sometimes just to test us to see what we will choose. And I'll get into that. He brings people to us to see how we will treat them. Okay. He asks us questions in a manner of ways to see how we'll answer him. He may ask us to give up something or give away something just to test us. Okay? God isn't playing. He is testing us. Short testimony. A few years ago, I say a few, it was about 30 years ago, probably about 35 years ago, in fact, I was with a brother in the Lord and he came to me and said, Deji, I need some help, some financial help. And I said, how much? And he said, well, I don't know, but I kind of need some help. I said, no problem. I can do that. Yeah? The Bible says, says to us specifically, withhold no good from those to whom it is due, its rightful owners, when it is in your power of your hand to do it. That's what the Bible says. That's uh, Proverbs 3.27. Okay? But as I thought of it, the Lord spoke. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he asked me this question. He said, Deji, do you not think that I know how to look after my children? And I, I to be honest, I kept my mouth shut because I thought, oh, what on earth? How does that line up with the word? But because I'd had, I'd traveled some distance with the Lord a little bit at that point, I knew he was testing me in that question. 
He was asking that, do you not think that I now look after my children? But what he was really asking, who's number one? Okay? Um, and what the Lord was asking, what I felt, what I knew, I mean, I, I knew, 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 the second he said it, what's more important to you? Feeling good about helping a brother because you can, or what my will is for that circumstance? Okay? So I had to say to the brother, look, you know what? Um, I don't feel that I should get involved in this matter today. Okay, I will pray about it just to see. But I think probably we need to pray to see what God wants to do. Okay? Um, and the important thing is here. Since that day, when anybody comes to me and asks me, oh, can you help, whatever, I always say, oh, give me some time, let me go and pray about it and see what the Lord's got to say. Okay, 99.9% of the time, the Lord, the Holy Spirit says, yeah, yeah, that's fine, give, I've sent them to you, help them as your brother. But there are a few, actually, there are numerous occasions where he says, no, I don't want you to give in to that. Okay? And the reason I don't want you to give is because it's not my will for it to come from your hand and there are some things that need to happen. Go and minister to that person in this way, whatever. Okay? All because of that original test. Okay? So God will test us. Now, a few years back, oh, how many years now, Lord? Let's think, maybe nine years ago in this church, I was sitting down, I don't know where it was, I think kind of in the middle with Tina. And the Lord said to me, get up and go and stand at the back of the church. Right? Go and stand there. And I'm like, well, kind of what's wrong with where I'm sitting? And it was like, well, he didn't say anything. Just get up and go and stand at the back of the church. So I did. And then sometime later he said, I want you to join the welcome team. But that was at the side. The instruction was, get up and go and stand at the back of the church. Okay? And if you notice to this day, I don't sit down in this church. You always see me stand at the back of the church. Whether it be St. Mark's, whether it be Holiday Inn, whether it be anywhere we go, I'm standing at the back of the church because he has not told me to sit down. And I know that he is testing. He's testing me on that thing. Okay? Now, there's been a lot of blessing by me doing that. He's shown me so many different things, introduced me to so many different people, wonderful people in this church, people coming in and some people going out. And I've been able to, how can we say, stop some people going out who wanted to leave. <laughs> but that's another thing. But the reason I'm telling you this is because it seems random and nothing connected to it. I don't know why he's doing it. But I know that's what he's saying. Okay. The process of being tested will bring God's spotlight on the impurities in your lives. And when I talk about impurities, I mean 
attitudes, behaviors, ways of thinking that do not line up with the instructions of Jesus. Okay? He will put a spotlight on it. Where the heat of the trial will force them to the surface. Saints, there's no other way of him doing this. He has to put some pressure on us. He has to allow a circumstance, put us through some level of testing in order to do it. Since impurities are tiny, you can't see them. The only one that can see them is the Holy Spirit. But if you can't see them, he knows you will do nothing about them. So he has to expose them. Under normal conditions, these impurities, perhaps you won't see them, maybe a little bit of an attitude, no big deal, you're okay in Christ, you, you, you walk in the walk, all the rest of it. But to God, he's like saying, well, I need to deal with that at some point. I need to highlight that at some point. I need to expose that at some point. And he's waiting for some circumstance. Now, the heat of trial will bring things to the surface. Okay, Psalm 66.10 says, For you, O God, have proved us, which has tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried, refined and purified. So those are the things taken out. Now I had a little think about this, and I, I was joking with the Holy Spirit. I said, and now I'm a scientist and an engineer by trade. Okay, I don't currently do that, but that is what I am. Um, in fact, I'm a material scientist, so I understand about materials, in particular metals, metallurgy. Okay, and I have a doctorate in high temperature electrochemistry, which is a specific type of science and engineering with respect to metals and, and, and um, other materials. But it's high temperature electrochemistry. And what I spent three years doing was getting these materials which are called super alloys. All right, so it's not just an alloy, not just an ordinary metal, it's a high specification material, okay? And we would get this material or these materials and we would expose them to high temperatures in a furnace, okay? But not just high temperatures in the furnace, we'd expose them to what we call a hot zone in the, temp in, in the furnace, which is the hottest part of the furnace, maybe 850,000 degrees, whatever, okay? And we would monitor what happens to that material. Okay, we'd look at it to see what the impurities within it do, how it behaves, and whether it's behaving according to specification. And God was saying to me, this is similar to what he does. Are you behaving according to the specification of the chief architect? The specification of Jesus? The cornerstone? Are we behaving according to that? And God doesn't do approximation. He does absolute. So he'll always, the Holy Spirit will always be looking at you from the perspective of the blueprint, Jesus Christ. Okay? Lovingly, but that's what he will be focusing on. So, 
The temperature is necessary to bring out these impurities so that you can see them and then by agreement with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, you will change. In fact, not change, you'll be transformed. Okay? And this is what testing is partly there to do. There's more. Okay? All right. So I said to the Lord, no, I didn't say to the Lord, he said to me. He tests us to see if we're ready. Okay? And Holy Spirit said this to me. In the same way that a wise and skillful craftsman will test his tools before working with them. So first of all, you see that God sees us as his tools as well as his children. A tool is something that can be put to a use. Okay? But it isn't just that. It's that because God always will use the perfect tool for the perfect situation, he will test us to see if we're ready for what he wants to do. Okay? Now, 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 21 says this. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood and earthenware, and some for honourable and noble use, and some for menial and ignoble use. So whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honourable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. So it's up to us. Do we want to expose ourselves to contamination or do we want to consecrate ourselves and remove ourselves from contamination? I leave you to decide what the Holy Spirit is saying today. All right, so let's have a show of hands, okay? Put your left hand up if you feel you are being tested by the Lord at the moment or you feel that you recently have been tested. Keep the hand up. No, 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 one hand, one hand. Put your left hand up and keep it up. Okay. Put your right hand up if you feel you are passing or have passed the test. Don't put your left hand down. Key hand, key hand. Well, who's, got, who's got two hands up? Anybody? So you've passed the test. Okay. So you're praising God for the testing. And anyone with one hand up is crying out for help. <laughs> I joke, but... <laughs> no, really, but... <laughs> God's testing is no joke, okay? And I don't, make, don't mean to make light of it because I don't know what you're going through, okay? It is no joke. And it is often sobering to be going through God's testing. But we are to have joy in the midst of the testing. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Romans 5, 
3 to 5 says this, Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. And endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character, approved faith and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Such hope will never disappoint or deludes or shames us, for God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Remember, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We must always remember that. It's all good for us. No matter how it feels, the truth is, it's all good for us. Okay? All right. So what does... So when does the Lord test us? When does the Lord test us? So the Holy Spirit said this to me. Shot me a little bit, but let's, let's, let's go with it. He said, I test my children all the time, but most of the time you don't realise when you're being tested. Okay, You don't realise. When it's happening, when it's on, you're not realising it. Sometime after, when you look back, you think, yeah, God was testing me, I think. It's an interesting perspective. And I believe that the Lord, in part, wants to change that. Okay? And I, I'll explain why. So he's saying he tests us all the time. And I thought, okay, where does it say that? Job 7, 17 to 18, the Amplified says this. What is man? that you should magnify him and think him important and that you should set your mind upon him. God is thinking about us all the time. All the time he's thinking about us. He's set his mind on us. And that you should visit him every morning and try him every moment. So he is. He's trying us every moment. Now that's good and bad. Okay, so if God is constantly thinking about us by the Holy Spirit, why? What's he doing? Well, the Holy Spirit is always concerned with our spiritual development, testing us and trying us so that we grow in the likeness of Christ day by day. 2 Corinthians 3, 18 says, And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in every ever-increasing splendor, and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I remember David, when he preached, he, he mentioned this. And I just think that that is fantastic. The Lord is always on the up with us. He's always on the 
the growth, the development. Never static. Okay? Okay. So, if we're being tested all the time, what should we do? If I said to you, Wednesday this week, you got an exam. Yeah, you got a test. Wisdom, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Prepare. You're going, to be, you're going to revise. That's what you're going to do. You're going to do revision. Okay? You're going to do revision. You're going to cram. What, 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 we say cram. You're going to cram, right? You're going to get the word of God, right? And you're going to look through his precepts. You're going to look through the teachings of Jesus. And you're going to make sure you know them. Okay? You're going to study the word of God. This is why I say to you, I believe God wants us to realize that he tests us all the time. Because now that we've heard this, we're going to cram. We're going to prepare so that we pass the test. Okay? Now, it makes me smile, but that is exactly what we should be doing. We should be preparing ourselves for life's trials via the word of God. Life is the exam. The word of God are the notes. Okay? So we must obey the word and be living according to the word. We must study the word of God. Okay. No testimony. I remember, how many years ago was it now? Oh. About 13 years, maybe 14 years ago, I was working for UBS Investment Bank, okay? And I was, I was radical, okay? For G well, in that, in that environment, I was radical. I mean, I was telling everyone about Jesus. I didn't care who it was. If it was a manager, senior manager, if the opportunity presented itself, I would, I would minister. I would say, look, you know what? I'm a Christian, right? And you need to know about Jesus. I didn't care, okay? Um, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was so much that me and my friend used to pray in the office. Can you imagine? I mean, when I say pray, I mean, pr I, we used to pray like I would pray at home. I mean, proper, hardcore intercession. Pray in the office, okay? In the morning. And I'll never forget this. One, I think it was maybe a Tuesday, we were both in there just ripping it up, praying, lifting up the name of Jesus in the, over that organization, praying, whatever the Holy Spirit would lead us. And she said, Did you stop, stop, stop? I see flames. What do you mean you see flames? I see flames on your head. I was literally, because the guy could see this, but I could see flames. You're on fire. He, was sat, he said, I can see flames on your head. Right? That just, we just rammed it up further. <laughs> we just rammed it up. <laughs> I was bold in those days. Sorry, Lord. Anyway, so yeah, so we used to pray and minister. We used to f find somebody to, to tell them about Jesus. Um, and you know what? If I tried to do that this day, no way. I mean, I would be booted out. I would be going to HR, all kinds. Cadell would be rising up against me. But in that day, you could do it. Okay? 
you could absolutely do it. And indeed, they used to like it. Oh, they used to Christian. Okay, they used to think I was a bit crackpot, whatever. But I would, I would say, listen, you know, I'm a Christian, right? So <laughs> anyway, 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 that day I had a phone call at my desk. Okay, and it was the head of the department. Can you come to office so and so? Put the phone down. So I go to office so and so. So I get in the room, and he's sitting there with an HR director next to him. Okay, so sit down. Sit down. And then they give you the spiel and said, right, today you'll be made redundant. Um, there's a list of whatever. I didn't really hear what he said, to be honest. And there's an envelope and said, look, you know, um, it's happening because X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. Um, yeah, so we're sorry, blah, 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 blah. Cold, I mean, cold. Like, never seen you before, you're off the street. Literally, it was like that. And I'm like, you know, I'm young, thinking, oh, what am I going to tell Tina? What's going to happen? Right? Anyway, so I've come out of the office, got back to my desk. My manager is standing there, and there's security standing right there. And they're like, like, pack your stuff up, pack it up. Right? And the reason is because sometimes people go, you know, they go crazy and they straight away they log in and they try and wreck the business. But, you know, yeah, yeah. So they're watching you. You can't log in. That's it. You, you're done. You, the guy's standing there looking. You pack it up. He's looking to see if you take any, any materials, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And everybody in the floor was like, what's going on? It's a bit early for lunch, Dad. What are you doing? I'm not going to lunch. What are you doing? What's going on? And a couple of people twigged what was going on and instantly everybody blacked out looking, you know what I mean? Because it's, 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 it's a situation. It's so cold. They, they escort you to the door and then you're out in the street. That's it. And you, and you go home. <laughs> Honestly, when I think about it, it still makes me angry. That's how bad it is. <laughs> anyway, 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 I say all that. So I, I, I was angry. I mean, I said, Lord, what is this? This is an abomination, right? This is an abomination. I, was I not lifting up your name? I mean, flames, what is that? And they come to my desk. The devil must be having a laugh, right? What is going on? I said, Lord, there's no way that I left anything out of that prayer. There's no chance I had any chink in my armor. What is that about? How can that be the case? Right? That's what I literally, I'm saying this. I got on the train and I, with tears in my eyes, I said, Lord, I, seriously, I'm angry. Right? And the Holy Spirit, I'll never forget. He said, Son, go home and praise me. And I said, What? What, what, <laughs> what kind of nonsense is it now? I, I, I felt like saying that in my spirit. I was like, That's, But I said, All right, Lord. I will show you the kind of praise that you're going to get when I get home. Right? I was like that. I was absolutely militant. I went home. I got into my prayer closet. I'll never forget it. And I, I was praising God. And I, tears were streaming down my face. I was praising the Lord. I said, Lord, I will praise you to my last breath. I'll praise you. I don't understand this situation, but I will praise you. You want praise, you're going to get praise. And I know God loved it because that's a sacrifice of praise. He can only see that on earth. You can't get that in heaven. Real situation. I mean, to me, it was a big thing. It's a job, a big deal some people. But at that time, it was a big thing. And that was the reason, perhaps, why God allowed it. 
he was quiet. Apart from what he said, he was quiet that day. He was watching. Right? He was watching his son. And I was like, oh, Lordy, Lord, what is this? Da, da, da. Didn't understand, did not understand. Anyway, some, time, some days later, he spoke to my lovely wife, Tina. Um, I think it was maybe more than a few days, maybe a couple of weeks. And basically, he said, that was my son's biggest fear. Yeah. Uh, I don't want my son to have any fear. Right. And then he spoke to me and said, they have knocked you down, but I am going to lift you up. Okay. I spent nine months out of work and I was praying. Oh my God. I learned how to pray. I should, I should have brought my Bible. I've got a little black Bible. That, there's no way I can read the words on that now. One, they're too small. My eyes cannot, cannot cope with that level of text now. But the pages, a lot of the pages are wiped off with sweat and tears because I was literally, honestly, nine months in that room praying, warring. The host was showing me things, giving me scriptures. He must, the Lord must have loved that time because it was like me and him. That was it. Okay? Anyway, I don't want to go on too much, but the, the point of it is, the way it ended, I got back into work. There's a big testament about it. I'm not going to give it here because it's take too long. But he tested me. Okay, big time. He tested me. He tested fear out of me. Okay, you're not gonna have any idol. I'm your supply, not your job, not UBS Investment Bank. I don't care who they are. I am the Lord, right? It's like that, that kind of thing. And he showed that to me in no uncertain terms. Okay. So, right, I need to, I need to get back on. Let's get back on. Okay. Right, so the Holy Spirit has given me specific instructions here now, right? So I have to get back onto script. And he said, Deji, there are three sections. Break this into three sections. Section number one, my gaze within the test. Okay. Section number two, my love through the test. And section number three, my promotion. Okay, I repeat that. Number one, my gaze within the test. Number two, my love through the test. And number three, my promotion. Okay, so my gaze within the test. What is God looking for? What is God looking at when he's testing us? Okay, some of it I've said. One thing is for sure, he is looking intently. He's not just looking He's looking and scrutinizing, and he's not taking his eyes off you during that test. He is absolutely on it to see every fine detail of what is going on because he does his thing perfectly, okay? His eyes are on his children. Holy Spirit said to me, I test your heart, I test your motives, and I test your faith, okay? Now, there are other things. But these are the ones that are highlighted by the Holy Spirit for us today. I test your heart, I test your motives, and I test your faith. So we use this test to expose the condition of our hearts and our heart position. So it's condition and our heart position. Okay? The condition of your heart, what's going on in there? Right? What is in there? The position is where you have placed your heart with respect to God himself. Yeah. Okay? Two different things. So he's looking at them both. 
Okay? Proverbs 17.3 says, The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tries the hearts. There is no body that can try your heart apart from the Lord. I can't see into your heart. And as the Holy Spirit tells me, it's only God by the Holy Spirit that knows what's in a man's heart. He will try your heart big time. Okay? This is the reason why it says, guard your heart above all else. Okay? Um, what's that? Proverbs 4.23. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. Above all that you guard. For out of it flow the springs of life. Okay? Unforgiveness is a no-no. It's an abomination to the Lord. Okay? And I must talk a little bit about that. If anyone in here has, has someone that has wronged them and it still grains them in their heart, deal with it. Please deal with it today. Okay? Anyone. Now, I'm not judging we all have people do stuff against us, right? Offences are going to come if they haven't come already. They're going to come. But you are not to take offence. You are not to stay in a position of unforgiveness with anybody. Okay? Jesus went to the cross and when we were yet but sinners and he forgave us. God forgave us. In fact, the Lord showed me one time I was praying in a situation and I saw the Holy Spirit standing like this over the situation. I ain't doing a thing. Because it was unforgiving. It was like, literally standing like that. I'm not doing anything. And that's how it is. God, he's not going to move if there's unforgiveness. Okay? And that is a position of the heart. It's a choice. So, if anyone is struggling, yeah, I'll pray with you to the cows come home. But you need to forgive. <laughs> Basically, it's a command. You need to forgive. Do it today. Please do it today. Okay. So the heart. The motives. Jeremiah 17, 9 to 10, the Amplified says this. The heart is deceitful above all things and is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely morally sick. Now, obviously, this is the heart the old heart, okay, the hardened heart, the one outside of Jesus, not the heart of flesh that you've got. Okay, but still, nonetheless, that is the condition of a man's heart. Who can know it? Perceive, understand, be acquainted with his own heart and mind. I, the Lord, search the mind and try the heart. So searching the mind and trying the heart, that's about looking at your motives, Okay. I try the heart even to give to every man according to his ways. Again, about your motives. According to the fruit of his doings. Proverbs 2. 21, sorry. 2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs and tries the hearts. So God is going to Look at your motivation. He will ask you to do something and he will look at how you're doing it. Like he says, go and clean the toilets in the church. Right? And you say, yes, Lord. But then you go to clean the toilet. Say, everybody, I'm going to clean the toilet. Right? I'm going to clean the toilet in the church. So you broadcast, that's what you're doing. What is your motivation? Is it to please God? 
Or is it for everyone to be pleased with the fabulous toilet cleaning that you're doing? Right? Because if it is, you'll have your reward already. But what is your motivation? Your motivation needs to be God and God alone. I say again, God and God alone. God will test it. He will get you to do things that will expose your motives and expose your heart. Matthew 6, 3 to 4 says this, But when you give to charity, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your deeds of charity may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Next one, faith. Now, whenever some people talk about testing, there's straight away faith. And God does test our faith. That is the one for him, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So that absolutely is the one, okay? Practically, though, when our faith is tested, our whole life is tested, okay? I would much rather have an academic test <laughs> than a test of faith. I'm not one lie. <laughs> okay? Because honestly, when God tests your faith, Lord or mercy, you know, He's not playing with that. Particularly if you are strong in faith, then your test is going to be severe. Right? And I say that kindly because God, He wants to improve you. Yeah? He wants you to totally rely on Him. He doesn't want there to be any of Deji left, or Tina left, or Pastor Rod left. Okay, there's not any of us left. He just wants us to be Jesus, okay? Because he's faithful. Okay, 1 Peter 1 7 in Amplified says, So that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. Pastor Rod was saying this yesterday. With all that he's going through, he was, he was, he was, he was speaking that word out for us. Your faith, which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended to redound, which is to contribute to your great credit, to your praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, is revealed. So God will allow us to be our faith to be tested, okay? And another testimony I'm going to give you. So I'm now working for, what was it, what was it? I think it was Anderson Consulting, okay? I'm now working for Anderson Consulting, okay? No, I'm not now, but at the time. And I've been in there for three years. And I said, Lord, I want to get into an investment bank. Okay? And I was on that train reading the word of God, saying, Lord, praying. You know what? My middle name was Persistent Widow. Right? Persistent Widow. That's my middle name. <laughs> right? Because I didn't leave it. I, I did not leave it alone. Lord, all the people around me, they're going off to here, there, everywhere. It's my turn. What, what's going on? Talk to me. And Lord was saying, Patient. Be patient, son. Be patient. And he was testing me. 
It was testing me, it was testing me, it was testing me. Be patient, be patient, be patient. Don't look at what evildoers do, you know. Um, I'm dealing with your situation. Be patient. Be pa- he, he was talking, you see. He was communicating. We were having dialogue. We were in fellowship. Important. Okay. Three years though, right? Three years. <laughs> Lord, I still remember that. <laughs> Three years. Okay. And then one day, um, after I had started to go for some job interviews, whatever, I got three job offers, three at the same time. Right, I think it's even in the same place. Three job offers, okay? And I'm like, Lord, what should I do? Silence. Okay. I said, no, 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 hold on, Lord. You've taught me about your will. That, remember that previous situation with that brother that needed the, the money? There's no way I need to know from you which of these I'm to take. He said nothing. For a couple of weeks, he said nothing at all. I went, we were at KT at the time, and I went to this pastor, Pastor Raphael, big guy in the Lord, big guy. I said, Pastor, look, you know what? I've got three job offers. What am I supposed to do? And I need counsel to tell me which one the Holy Spirit says I should take. He said, no, he's saying take even one. He's not, he's not, he won't tell me what, which, what you should do. I said, Lord, this, is, this cannot be. You must have a preference. I'm not worthy to make a good enough decision for my life's experience concerning this job. I don't know. I don't know, Lord. You need to tell me. He said nothing. Zip. Right? So I said, okay. Bring me the matchbox. I didn't really. I got a matchbox and I wrote down the jobs on three bits of paper, right? Screwed them up, put them in the matchbox. And I said, and I prayed, I said, Lord, you know what? This is your opportunity, right? Because I'm taking a leap of faith. I'm not having a choice over this matter. It needs to be the one you want, Lord. It needs to be what your will is. Shook up the box. I said, whatever comes out, I prayed. I bound the enemy wherever I do that. Crazy. And I shook it up. And I put a hand in and took one out. And that was the job. I said, Lord, I'm doing that. That's funny, that. But, and I know if that was a test, I definitely passed. Because the thing was, I refused. I, I forced the issue, yes. And... The reason I forced it is because, Lord, I don't want to choose. I want you to choose. Even if you want me to have a choice, your will be done, not mine. It may have been his will for me to have a choice, which didn't matter. But I was thinking, if that's a test, I'm not going to fail it. Not another time. Okay? So that is what testing can do. It will make you determine the next time you have an opportunity to go the way that is the right way, or at least the way that is in the word of God. So that's what I did, leap of faith. Now, I'm not particularly saying that that is what you should do if you come into those circumstances, but you can choose. All right. So what's the next thing the Holy Spirit said to me? Next thing he said was, you must develop your trust in me in order to pass each test. So it's all around trust. God wants us to trust him. That's how you pass these tests, Okay. You can fail your test just because you did not trust me. You can fail it. 
said point but it wasn't Lord Hosford was not playing with me he was saying it blatant you can fail if you don't trust me you can fail okay okay so what did Abraham do Genesis 22 10 to 17 and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took hold of the knife to slay his son but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He answered, here I am, just casually, with a knife in his hand. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear and revere God since you have not withheld back from me or begrudged giving me your son, your only son. You see, God decided to test Abraham's faith to see if he loved and trusted God enough to obey him. Right, so it's all the way of saying, yeah, we trust you, Lord. Blah, 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 blah. But when that circumstance comes, I mean, he waited a long time for that boy and he bound him, put him on the altar and he was ready. He was, he was going for it because he trusted that God, if he slayed him, this is the only way that Israel is going to be Israel. He's going to raise up another boy. Okay? Whatever the situation is, it's up to God, but he's going, to, he's, going to, he's going to somehow do it. So he trusted the Lord. So it's about trust. You must develop your trust in me in order to pass each test. You can fail your test just because you did not trust me. All right. Must be speaking to somebody. All right, next one then. My love through the test. Now... The Lord said to me, um, when you speak, get to the point where you're able to say, thus says the Lord. <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but he basically said, say some certain things with conviction because it is me speaking, right? And this is one of them. What I'm about to say, this is the spirit of God speaking. Not that the other things weren't, they were also. But God is speaking, okay? He's speaking to you. All right? And I know it, and I know it, and I know it. Whatever office God has put me into, or whatever office I am in, I'm saying it by the lead of the Spirit of God, 100%. Okay? And that's the first time I've ever said that before this church, but I'm saying it because he asked me to say He said this, You must not forget that I am with you always in the midst of the testing and the trial. Don't forget it. 20-year test, five-day test, 10 minutes. I'm with you in the midst of it. My love runs swiftly to hold you up. Pastor Rob. Trust in me and lean not on your own understanding for I will not leave you without help. I will not. Impossible. I will not leave you without help. I will not leave you. I will not leave Pastor Judy without help. No way. If it's a nurse, if it's a doctor, I will bring the help that is required to give you comfort in your time of need. He says it. That's it. Settled. Seller. I will not. And I'll say it again. You must not forget it. That I am with you always in the midst of the testing and the trial. My love runs swiftly. To hold you up. Trust in me and lean not on your own understanding, for I will not leave you without help. Listen, 
Some of us need to hear that today, okay? But we all need to know that today, okay? We all need to know that. Put that in your Rolodex for whenever. He is always with us in the trial, and we must be secure in this truth to help us get through it. Okay? Now I'm going to read a scripture here. It's quite a long scripture, but I've got to give it to you. And it's about a certain three guys who had to be put into a furnace. <laughs> okay? And they were not going to bow down to other gods. They were going to serve the God of Abraham. Okay? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is Daniel 3, 16 to 28. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, it is not necessary for us to answer you on this point. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. If we perish, we perish. We are not bowing down to another. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and his facial expression was changed to antagonism against Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Therefore, he commanded that the furnace should be heated seven times hotter than it was usually heated. And he commanded the strongest men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Listen, at times the enemy will heat up our situation to his hottest and he will stoop to his lowest. But our God is in control. He is still in control. Last time I checked, he's on his throne and there's no problem in heaven. Okay? Verse 21. Then these three men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics and undergarments, their turbans and their outer clothing, and they were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame and sparks from the fire killed those men who handled Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know what? Sometimes God allows you to go through something that would be too much for others to bear. Too much. If anybody else went, they're a goner. But because you are the son, his son and his daughter, a new creation in him, he is with us in it all and has called us to a higher specification, Jesus Christ. He says, come on, son, come on, daughter, my grace is sufficient. Okay? Verse 23. And these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, saw and was astounded 
And he jumped up and said to his counselors, did not, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered, true, O king. He answered, behold, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like a son of the gods. They were bound, but they were walking. They were in fire, but they were not burnt. The presence of God was in the midst of the trial with them, celebrating. <laughs> That's us. That picture is your testing. That picture is your circumstance. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fire furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the midst of the fire. Smell a bit. <laughs> and the satraps and deputies, the governors of the king's counselor, gathered around together and saw these men. And the fire had no power upon their bodies. I don't care what flames the devil stokes. It has no power over you unless God calls it to have power. Okay? Nor has their hair or their hair on their head been singed. Neither were their garments scorched or changed in color or condition. They weren't touched. They weren't changed because the Lord did not want it nor had even the smell of smoke clung to them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know what? You're sitting down in a trial. Okay. Pastor Julie is on some bed in, 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 in a hospital, right? And her husband, dear husband, as we love as the man of the house, is going there day after day, praying over her, speaking truths. And the nurses, the doctors are watching the, the chief doctor, whatever what his name is, comes and says, so-and-so, issues a bad report. Sorry, that's not according to my faith. And he has to say, I agree. Okay? In the furnace of the situation, there are others that are looking at your trial. They're looking at the smoke and the kerfuffle that's going on, the torment that you're under. But you stand in Christ as an example that God is able. And as I'm speaking, Lord, let I prophesy that Pastor Judy will walk out of that place before her son gets to this country. Let him do it again. Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let the doctors, let the nurses say, Blessed is the God of Pastor Rod Anderson. For surely there is no other God greater. Okay. Who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who believed in, trusted in, and relied on him. And they set aside the king's command and yielded their bodies rather than serve 
or worship any god except their own god. Hallelujah. All right. I don't need to explain any more about that. Next thing the Holy Spirit said to me is, my angels officiate during your testing and always come to your aid at the end of each test. They officiate, okay? They control the boundaries of each test. Okay? So, devil, who's in control now? Satan's ability to try us is limited by God's sovereign control. Okay? What happens to us during the testing is very tightly controlled by the Lord and will never be unto destruction. Okay? If you have been tested by God, it will not be unto destruction. No chance. One. No matter what it feels like, it will not be unto destruction. God does not do evil. He just allows the enemy to do some things, but no more. Okay? He will replenish and provide, even reward, because he loves us. Okay? Let's have a few examples. Job 2, 3, to four in New King James Version. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless, upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. And still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him. You see that? The devil goes and says, can I touch pastor? Can I touch his, his, his church? Yeah? Nothing. God has to allow everything. Don't be deceived. Satan has some level of power, but he does not have the authority. He is not the Almighty, and he can only be in one place at one time. So if the devil goes visits Emmanuel tonight, he can't be seeing me at the same time. Right? Not that he's coming. But he's limited. He's limited. Right? Okay. Although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause, so Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. All right. Job 42.10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job and restored his fortune. So Satan did whatever. I'm not even going to go to the end. He restored his fortunes when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice, twice as much as he had before. Job 42, 12. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. May the Lord give recompense to Pastor Rod, Pastor Julie, the Anderson family, and this ministry for the devil's ploy. May he give us recompense, Lord. Yes. 
We'll find the place. We'll find it. <laughs> recompense, Lord. I demand it. I demand sevenfold recompense for what has been done here. Who's with me? Right. Okay. Shall I go to Abraham again? No, no. We leave that one for now. Okay. The testing of faith can come in small ways and daily irritations. <laughs> there may also be severe afflictions and attacks from Satan. Wherever the source of the testing, it is to our benefit to undergo the trials that God allows. Not the one that the world brings that God's got nothing to do with. The ones that he allows, it's of our benefit. Okay? There will not be any destruction on you for God's trial. All right, not much more. My promotion is the next one. My promotion is what the Holy Spirit said. My promotion. First, let's settle it. Psalm 75, 67 says this. For not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, come promotion and lifting up. But God is the judge. He puts down one and lifts up another. Your promotion comes from the Lord. I'm not talking about the world now. You may get some benefit from that. But in terms of God's promotion, promotion that you're supposed to come to you, it comes from him. Okay? So blessed are those that are going to be promoted. But listen to what the Holy Spirit said. Listen. I mean, this. I cannot use you for my work if I have not first tested you. For I am a just God. Which means that if you, you're untried, it's not correct for you to be brought into a level of spiritual promotion. It's not, it's not correct. Okay? He went further. My testing will always come before promotion and you will not be promoted until you have passed the testing. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about promoted to be working in a local shop or anything like that. I'm talking about spiritual promotion. Okay? Although it could include that, but I'm talking spiritual promotion. Okay? God will have to test you. Okay? You have to test you. In his infinite wisdom, he's not going to put you into something that you're not ready for, number one. Okay? Number two, <laughs> he wants his name to be glorified. All right. Another testimony. Quick one. Me and Tina have been through some stuff. Yeah, we've in our marriage. We, oh, we've been through some stuff. I mean, first year of our marriage, Tina went through some affliction. I don't know where it came from. Don't know what part of hell that it brought itself from, but it had to go back there. But it was it was bad. God bless her strength. You know, honestly. If God has a door, you'll see the, the marks of my fist on that door. That's how bad it was, right? Yeah, we went through some stuff, okay? I'm not going to label the, 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 list of, the list of issues. But what I will say is the Holy Spirit one day, and it wasn't that long ago, said, you've suffered. 
Yeah, isn't that right? He said, Tim, you suffered. For the Holy Spirit to come and say, you suffered. <laughs> you got no death. You know, that's the that's level. Um, yeah. Praise God. Not, we're not beating our own, our own, blowing our own trumpet. I'm just saying. So the reality of it, we've been through one or two things. Okay? Um, and I have personally, as a husband, I've, I've experienced one or two things. You know? Um, in spiritual warfare and, and different, dif- different, 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 different things. But you see, I'll never forget the day when Pastor Roy, I don't know whether you phoned or whether you sent an email, I think it was a bit of both, and he asked me to be an elder in the church. Okay. And I said, Lord, is that right? And the pastor said, for eldership, your name came up. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, What's that about? And I prayed and said, Lord, am I to be an elder in this church? And the Lord said, yes, it's of me. And I remembered the trials. And I knew in my heart that it was a promotion, you see. And I know Tina feels the same. He said, feed my flock. Take care of the people. That's your job. Okay? That's your promotion. Pastor Rod is the man of the house. Right? He's right for this job. The Holy Spirit told me. He's the guy. No matter what it is, you back him. If I doesn't tend to idol worshiper, <laughs> you didn't even say that. <laughs> you back him, support him. Okay, that's that's, that's it. Settled. But I knew I'd been tested. I knew it. Listen up. This is really, really important. If you are serious about moving into some level of calling before God for your life. Okay? God will only promote you through testing. So get your homework, do your homework, do your revision, all that. Okay? That is that is that is his process. He ain't changing it. Okay? And people that get in another way, that's man's promotion, not God's promotion. And the thing is dangerous. It's dangerous in the world, it's deadly in the church. When someone is promoted because of man's Pushing in promotion. That one there, if you can, if you can give it a wide berth, give it a wide berth. Because it's a problem there. The enemy, anyway. Okay, so let's, let's have a little look at it. So, what level of testing brings promotion? Number one, perfect obedience. Okay? Abraham perfectly obeyed or was obeying the voice of God on being willing to sacrifice his son Isaac. He didn't, when you read that scripture, you don't even see him trembling. I mean, this is your only son with a knife and all that. You don't hear any doubt. He didn't talk about it. I mean, there's no element of I wasn't going to do it in that. You read it. It's freaky, actually, when you read it. You're thinking, did the author miss some things out here? Right? 
and was promoted to the father of nations. Go, Shelley. I know you love nations. He was promoted to the father of nations. And his bloodline was used as the bloodline that brought our Savior Jesus Christ into the world. Look at the level of promotion he received. Genesis 22:18. And in your seed, he's talking about Christ now, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed and by him bless themselves because you have heard and obeyed my voice. So that's the reason, because you have heard, so he took time to listen and obey the voice of the Lord. That's how high that is. All right. I'm just going to give one more. Sin and temptation. Okay. Let it be known. God does not tempt any man. Okay. He's not tempting. Okay. It's either the devil himself or you're pulled away by your own lusts. Okay. But he doesn't tempt. But he can allow you to go through a trial of temptation. Okay. Let's look at the ultimate. Right after Jesus gets baptized with the Holy Spirit in the River Jordan, instead of God sending Jesus right out there to start his ministry, three and a half year ministry, whatever, of miracles and etc., God sends his son into the desert to face temptation by the devil. Okay? Think on that. to be tempted directly by Satan himself. One of the conditions of Jesus being able to go to the cross in human flesh form for all of us was that he had to perfectly be free from sin. Okay, so he was in the flesh and he was fasting for 40 days, 40 nights and the devil showed up big time. You know the story. He had to be a perfect sacrifice without blemish or spot, completely sin-free. I'm not going to read the scripture because I know that you know it. But needless to say, when the Holy Spirit said to us, that the angels are there at the end of every test, look what it says in verse 11, Matthew 4, um, verse 11 then the devil departed from him and behold angels came and ministered to him may the angels come and minister to your needs at the end of every one of your tests because it is your right you know it is your right it's like if you run the, the London Marathon I think it is, they give you an orange juice at the end or something right give you some liquid, okay, for going to, you know, running that race to test if they lay on the drinks, okay. Now, when you go through a test that the Lord has brought, he sends his angels to bring refreshments and whatever else is needed. I make light. That's no joke. What do you think? God stopped being good because you've been tested? No chance. He caters for your needs. He will tend to your, to, to your, your, your physical and mental condition. Right? Whilst he prepares the next test, yes. But he tends to you. 
Okay? Why am I saying that? Because some of you need to pray it in. Don't let the devil cheat you out anyway. Okay. Believe in God. Now, I'm not going to bring this one because time is... So what I'll say is this, okay? I was going to move on to Joshua and Caleb and all that, but it's not enough, not enough time, okay? The last and final thing the Lord said to me was this. There is a certain number of tests that you must go through during your life. Okay, you, have, you, have, you have to go through that. God has like, he's planned it out, okay? The number is relevant to how I want to use you and is tied to your destiny. Okay? I don't have scripture for that, but I know that it's true. The reason I'm saying this is that it's important to embrace the test. Okay? David said this. Not, not, not David Powell, <laughs> although he probably would say it as well. <laughs> Psalm 26, 2 to 8 says this. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Test my heart and my mind. In other words, test my heart and test my motives. For your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth faithfully. I do not sit with false persons, nor fellowship with pretenders. I hate the company of evildoers, and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocence and go about your altar, O Lord, that I may make the voice of thanksgiving heard and may tell of all your wondrous works. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. So I said to the Holy Spirit, why did David say that? Why did he say, examine me, O Lord, and prove me, test my heart and my mind? Calling God to test him, inviting him to bring tests upon him. I said to the Holy Spirit, why, why did he say that? And he said this, David knew that it would please the Lord to test David's faithfulness. God is pleased when we are faithful in the times of testing, okay? Now, I'm not saying you should pray that God will test you. You're welcome to if you want to. But that's interesting. So I'm going to leave it there. God will test you, but it is a loving, productive, beneficial for you testing, okay? He's going to do it even now, even today, Okay? It is the only way that certain things can happen. Promotions, yes, but also spiritual growth, all right? But he has put all the care around that. No matter what it looks like, no matter what, how the devil presents the circumstances, God has put boundaries. Satan, no further, okay? He has said the time, he has said the season. Okay, he has said the people that are involved and the people that are not involved. Okay, he has set up the entire process and he is in control. So do not be deceived by Satan's exploits. He does not have the right to decide. 
It's only God that decides. Okay? We bless you, Heavenly Father, for your tests, your promotion, your goodness, your provision. We thank you for the Holy Spirit and what he has told us today. And we take note in Jesus' name. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 